Consistent prayer is indispensable to the Christian life. Thankfully, the Bible not only gives you instructions regarding prayer, but also gives you examples to follow. Those legacies of prayer are models you can use in establishing your own legacy. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. His lesson today is called Leaving a Spiritual Legacy. Some time ago I read that a spiritual legacy is something that money cannot buy and taxes cannot take away. It passes down to the next generation what matters most. Well, the Apostle Paul is not just writing a letter to the believers in Rome. He's leaving them a spiritual legacy. These are the matters that matter most in life. Now, Paul isn't leaving uh, this legacy because he's perfect, but it's because he's progressing in his walk with Christ, and he's, he's just a little farther down the path than the rest of us. One of the legacies Paul is leaving us Here is his example of prayer. We're now in Romans chapter 1 and verse 8. And Paul here delivers really nothing less than a model prayer. He writes, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. You know, as I read this, it it almost seems to me like Paul is leafing through his prayer journal. And, And as he does, we can learn several things about a godly prayer. And I'm using the term godly prayer, by the way, on purpose, because it's possible to pray in an ungodly manner. In fact, over in James chapter 4, James rebukes believers for asking God for things with with selfish motives. And you're not going to find any selfishness in this prayer of the Apostle Paul. Now, first, I want you to note that a godly prayer is, is grateful or thankful. Let's go back again and notice how he starts here in verse 8. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. The first thing that Paul actually says is, thank you. And for what? Is it wealth? Is it health? Is it a life of ease? Well, not a chance. Paul's gratitude to God, it concerns people, namely those those believers living in the, in the city of Rome. And you might have noticed that Paul says here, I thank God for all of you. Well, I don't think everybody in the church at Rome deserved equal commendation. I'm sure there there were some problem people there in the church among them. We know that Paul is writing to a church that's struggling at this very moment that he writes them with tension between Jews and Gentiles. So, so thanking God for them all is actually a very, very, uh, it's a brilliant way to encourage unity. And and I don't think Paul is just flattering them either here. I believe he's choosing to focus on their uh, potential, not on their problems. 
Now, keep in mind, Paul is a busy man. So to find time to to pray for people he's never met, that's going to require intentional discipline. In fact, it requires what I like to call the discipline of refusal. You got to say no to something in life in order to find time to pray like this. Well, now in the latter part of verse 8 here, Paul tells us why he's thankful for the Roman Christians. He's thankful because he, he says here, your faith is proclaimed in all the world. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm proud of you because you are becoming famous for your faith. Don't miss this. Paul is encouraging their priorities by what he praises. He could have praised them for a dozen different things, and, and later on he's going to highlight some of them. But first and foremost, he praises their faith. It's as if he says to them, you know, this is how you create a spiritual legacy of your own. Your faith is what matters most. So first, a godly prayer is thankful. Now, secondly, a godly prayer is persistent. Paul goes on to write again here in verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. Paul's use of the words here, I serve God with my spirit, is intended to communicate a persistence and diligence and intensity. He's effectively saying, I am serving God with everything I am, with everything I've got. You see, godly living, beloved, includes prayer. And, and this kind of praying, it isn't a sport. It's work. It's not something you do if you feel like it or if you've just you got some spare time for it, or if you're just naturally good at it. Paul tells Timothy over in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 7, train yourself for godliness. And I've mentioned before that this Greek word translated train is gymnazo. It gives us our word gymnasium. Just like you go to the gym and you work up a sweat, well, you should be willing to put in the hard work for the cause of Christ, and that includes prayer, certainly Bible study. I've, I've had people tell me over the years, you know, I don't read the Bible because it's just too hard to understand, or, or I don't pray like I ought to because, you know, it just never comes easy uh, for me, or, or I'd like to memorize Scripture, but it just seems to take forever. It, it's hard work. Well, let me tell you, beloved, leaving a spiritual legacy like this requires spiritual sweat. A godly life is never a coincidence. And by the way, I don't know about you, but most of the time when I pray, I'm praying God will do something for me. When Paul prays here, he's praying that God will do something for other people. Imagine Paul is consistently praying for Christians who live in a city he's never yet visited. He's praying for believers he's never even met. See, godly praying that leaves a spiritual legacy behind is going to be thankful. It's going to be persistent. Now, let me move on. It's also going to be submissive. Paul writes here in verse 10, I'm asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. I got to tell you, I love Paul's transparency here. He's saying, you know, I've been longing uh, for this. I've been praying for this opportunity. I want so badly to come to Rome, but I'm I'm only going to come if it's the will of God. Paul's life was ordered by the will of God. His, his plans here are bathed in prayer. This is what it means to have a life of submission. 
your plans are on the table, your desires, but, but they're written in pencil. And you've handed God, as it were, an eraser. He has the final say. He has the last word. So Paul here is submitting to the leadership of his Lord, his plans, his desires. He submits those plans to God's will. And now he's going to wait, and he's going to see if God will open the door. Reminds me of Martin Luther, the church reformer of the early 1500s. He often had students at his table during meals. And on one occasion as they were eating, Luther noticed his puppy down there on the floor watching him intently. The little puppy's mouth was open. His tongue was hanging <laughs> to one side. His, his gaze never once looking away from Luther. He's hoping for a morsel of meat you know, from Luther's dish. Martin Luther commented to his dinner guests, oh, if I could only pray the way this dog watches me and my food. He has no other thought, no other wish, no other hope. That's a wonderful analogy for the godly believer who's waiting on the Lord. Well, Paul is for us a spiritual mentor Uh, a a spiritual example. He's leaving us this spiritual legacy here on what it means to pray and how to pray by giving us this model prayer. In fact, this also reminded me of, of the night before a newly elected senator was about to be sworn into office. His godly elderly father invited him along with his close friends and family members to dinner Later that evening, uh, the new senator, John Ashcroft, a a committed believer, knelt down by the sofa where his aging father was seated, and everyone gathered around John to place their hands on him and pray a a, a special prayer of commissioning and dedication for his service that was uh, about to begin in Congress. And, And John noticed his old father struggling to lift himself from the sofa He's putting, you know, all his energy into getting off those soft cushions. He wasn't making much progress. And John uh, uh, said to him, Dad, you don't have to struggle to stand and, and pray over me with these friends. And his father answered, John, I'm not struggling to stand. I'm struggling to kneel, to kneel down beside you. Well, that left a mark on John's life, which he recounted many years later. That's the mark of a godly prayer warrior. That's how you make a a spiritual legacy and, and you pass down to the next generation what matters most. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson, Leaving a Spiritual Legacy. I'm glad you were able to join us. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen developed this program out of a desire to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means, and apply it to your life. We're convinced that if you follow along each day and allow the truth of God's Word to change your life, Your life can be marked by wisdom. Join us each weekday as we travel through the Bible together on this wisdom journey. 
In addition to being the president of Wisdom International, Stephen is also the president of a seminary. It's called Shepherd's Theological Seminary, and the main campus is in Cary, North Carolina. Shepherd's Seminary is a fully accredited graduate school with a world-class faculty. The school offers a unique program that might interest some of you. How would your life be impacted if you were to set aside one year to study God's Word, grow in discipleship, and earn your master's degree in theological studies all in one year? Shepherd Seminary offers a program called the Shepherd's Institute, and you can experience all that I just described. There's also campuses in Laramie, Wyoming, and Bryan, Texas. If you'd like to gain a deeper understanding of the Bible, or if you're thinking about serving God in full-time ministry, visit wisdomonline.org forward slash STS for information. Then join us back here next time to continue traveling along the wisdom journey.